Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Yes, I've taken a bigger pill today, so I'm a little wound up, but that's okay. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly it's across from me. not that you me. took it. It's where you took it. That's the issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to suppose we're, that we're forget it's time about to that move one, on. right? Okay. All right. Uh, on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us. Would you like me to lower the air conditioning? <laughs> That's another the symbolism <laughs> there. Yes, I'm fanning myself here. Uh, toll-free line is open. It's Call the us. Only fan you've got. <laughs> and even it's wavering. And it's wavering, as it you is. can see. All right. It was rather limp, actually. <laughs> That's all it can do. This is as good as it gets. All right. Our toll-free line open. Please let me say this without interruption. 1-800-795-9565. We have a nearly open phone stay. We'd love to hear from you today. 1-800-795-9565. We can talk about uh, Miss Sewer Doug Mastriana, the state senator. Very much interested in making sure that a comparable audit happens in Pennsylvania like you see happening out in Colorado. He's also running for governor and says he's got the president's and former president's endorsement. President Trump uh, endorsed him, so he says, although a spokesman for Trump says that's not exactly true. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, so we have that uh, kind of cooking in the background. We have Dr. Fauci oh, kind of on the front burner. I definitely want to talk about this notice I got. It's a <coughs> notice of gun confiscation from the NRA. I don't own a gun, so th- but this concerned me a great deal. Did uh, not Pete Buttigieg, who's the one that comes to confiscate the guns, did he get his something well, this happen? This is signed by Wayne LaPierre himself. Himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they they handed it to him in background, uh, back, bankruptcy court and said, here, sign this. Yeah, you know, actually, this envelope that I got, it says, notice of gun confiscation. Is that from says, the government? No, it looks like it looks official. See, right. the envelope. Notice of gun confiscation. It says, official notice to name addressee delivery authorized under section 703.1.2.2 of the United States Postal Regulations. Now that sounds sounds really official, but what it really means is if you put a stamp on it, the post office has to deliver it. Oh, get out of here. It does not. (laughs) And then the letter that came with it. It says, Dear Friend of Freedom, unless you fight back starting right now, you'll soon face the real threat of having your guns forcibly confiscated, along with your right to self-defense. No, I'm not talking about run-of-the-mill gun control. I'm talking about armed government agents storming your house, taking your guns, and hauling you off to prison. Yes. Okay, thank you. I wonder why you're suddenly shouting. That's why I'm urging you to join the NRA right now to save your guns and your freedom before it's too late. Oh. The armed federal agents, government agents, are going to storm my house, take my guns, and haul me off to prison. What is? I wasn't aware that any legislation like this Uh, was pending. I don't think there is. But I think you could extrapolate that that may be uh, the 
ultimate goal of some of the people who uh, want more restraints on guns. I guess if you're in an extreme, that would mean that all guns would be illegal unless you registered them and had permission and had to take a government-mandated extensive 800-hour safety course in order to use a gun. And then, and only then could you use one. And if they found out that you had a gun, then the armed stormtroopers would come to your house and surround the house and and, uh, charge you with not putting stamps on envelopes and stuff. As if not you know, not not alone, just stopping these government agents from storming my house and taking my guns and hauling me off to prison, they're offering me a free Desert Storm backpack if I join <laughs> now. Oh, that's a nice one. Oh, yeah, right. It's a tactical backpack. Pretty roomy. I can put all my stuff in there. This is, I think, the kind of hyperbole that gives the NRA a bad name. There's nobody seriously proposing anything like that that I've heard. Have you? I'm no, but you're a, gun uh, a more extensive background checks is uh, sort of the big proposal that are kind of pending. Uh, red, red flag laws, I guess. Well, you know, if you violate a red flag law, somebody has to take the gun from you. Those are uh, being imposed at the state levels. Probably two dozen states have them, uh, but uh, Pennsylvania does not. So you're, you're good for a while. And with our current uh, Republican-controlled legislature, which is likely to stay that way for some time, I would not anticipate that we're going to get any red flag laws passed in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So I, I think you're probably safe, and the NRA's hyperbole is noted. <laughs> um, notice of gun confiscation is big, bold letters on the front of the envelope. Yep, and then under you. it, the, the official notice to the named addressee, which says, honest to gosh, if you look up that regulation, it says if you put a stamp on it, the post office has to deliver it. However, if you don't have any guns to give up, we have this fine backpack for you to purchase. Right, well, and you know, and I don't have any guns, so the armed federal agents storming my house aren't going to find it. Anything. Hmm. We don't have any deserts around here, so I don't think a desert-colored backpack is going to be quite as camo as you need. You need woodland patterns. Tell them we need a woodland pattern. Well, it says NRA right on it, and it's tactical. It's their desert storm backpack. It's tactical. <laughs> so if you put bottled water and sunscreen in it, it doesn't work. It slips out the bottom. No, that's not a tactical device. It's for knives and guns and more clips. And then they enclosed a business reply envelope, so I don't even have to pay the price of a stamp to join. Okay. Well, you have to pay the price of joining, though. Right. Well, that's 30 bucks for a year. Eternal damnation, I believe. <laughs> well, I just think that this, this kind of thing is deceptive, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you. And I think that the NRA, the NRA, while their basic goal is a good one, I think, to protect their Second Amendment rights of American citizens, I think they go overboard. And Wayne LaPierre, I guess, is not exactly a model of virtue, No, from and, what I hear. And they, they've so overspent the organization uh, on things that have nothing to do with education or lobbying that they're, they're literally bankrupt, but that's another topic. And I think they're under investigation, or they were, for mismanagement of their funds. I think there's a trust when you have a 501c3 there to uh, whatever a lobbying 501 is. I forget precise. It's not c3. That's for non profit charitable groups but anyway they they have a nonprofit status and when you have that you have an obligation to your donors to do certain things while well, they weren't you know they were spending most of their money on other stuff oh, you know vacations and big houses and and conventions and things that's that lady that ran black lives matter where I wound up in the same problem she apparently built a big house with money that was supposed to go to help other people i think these charities true yeah apparently it was there was a, there, it, it was covered in the news media I know they, somebody reported that she bought a big house, but it, nobody ever she said... She resigned. As far as I know, she resigned. That was the story. She oh, resigned. Joe, you're... 
Well, we'll have to check it out. All right. <laughs> there you where, go. Where did you find, what, why do you disagree with that? You didn't hear any new well, story? Well, of course, I, I don't worship Fox like you do, so <laughs> the, what oh, I have... Oh, great Fox, thank you for letting me <laughs> worship you today. Right, so... Um, <laughs> the I CNN know that acolyte sh- across from me is just th- as worshipful. There were pretty consistent reports, and we'll assume accurate, if only because of the volume of them, that she bought a house, and of course every house in X land, and maybe even has investment property, so she may not have purchased just one house, but may have purchased investment properties also. That's not a concern? well, if she's the head of an organization, if that's the truth, that uh, she's well-paid and she wishes to invest for the future, I don't think that's unsound. You never got into investing in homes, but you certainly have money invested elsewhere, so if that's how she chose. But in any event, you you don't know absolutely anything at all about her financial well-being. Do and you? you certainly don't do know. You, how much do you no, know about it? No, I mean, but I don't presume that she fraudulently took money from Black Lives Matter and channeled it to her house. I didn't say fraudulently. I just said she did it. No, you That said, was the okay. story. I never Never used right. the word fraudulent. Okay. Never. Right. I don't know whether she had authorization to do it or not. Took I was just told the that she BLM. bought a house. Anyhow, Wayne LaPierre is doing oh, the same God. thing. My point was, and you just became so defensive immediately, <laughs> my point was that these people who run these organizations have an obligation to make sure that the money donated for the purpose goes to the purpose. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that they don't do that, I believe they have performed a serious violation of their fiduciary responsibility to their donors. Well, it's also a violation of the stated trust that they had for to stand up for whatever cause they were talking about. All right, uh, we got nearly open phones. We'd love to hear from you. You can text us at 70236. Make sure you put the OTM keyword there so it gets to our in-basket. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. One of our good uh, listeners sent us an email, so we do have that. We'll read that on the radio. And you, of course, can call us. Oh, we got three calls waiting. Here I am. You and I are yak-yakking away, and there's men waiting. Lance, you're on the mark. Thanks for being patient while we diatribe. You're on the mark. Okay. Why? What happens with those fundraisers is they are uh, farmed out to organizations that do fundraising. And unfortunately, sometimes they give them a blank check, and that's the ridiculous stuff that happens. You're talking about the NRA or Black yeah. Lives Matter? Okay. Yeah, I could discuss it with that uh, as much as anybody could be, you know, because in the long run, it does hurt the cause. But uh, what I uh, called about here was uh, about uh, suicides in rural areas and why it could really uh, be a problem, and it's got really nothing to do with guns and everything to do with politics. You notice that uh, President Nixon resigned. President Clinton did not. Because Nixon felt something called shame. And absolutely, uh, Clinton did not, as well as that uh, nutcase governor to our north. Same deal. Wait, the nutcase governor who? The nutcase governor to our north. To our north. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Cuomo? Yeah, Cuomo. Okay, you can just say his name. He's not uh, a band from the show or anything. Oh, okay. All right. I would then. But, uh, see, the whole deal... Oh, there yeah, goes the 944. 
or 844, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. there comes the 944. Uh, early. Yeah, we, we got trains and we got birds, you know. An hour early. Anyway, go ahead. But, well, uh, it really plays part. Conservative comes up short, and they feel all kinds of shame and horrible things and everything, and are tempted, or, and lots of times do, take their own life. And when we look at the politics in rural areas, just take a look at the whole country. We have blue along the coast, and it's red the whole way through. And for that reason, I think the rate would be higher. But uh, to blame guns and suicides is, well, if you look to Europe, where they have virtually no guns or rigidly controlled, their suicide rates uh, are pretty well parallel ours. In some cases, are far above. Uh, notable is France. You know, it really has strict gun control laws. What prompted and, uh, you to say this, Lance? That uh, guns don't cause suicide. I think we probably can stipulate that that's the truth. Um, now that we've said that, what what makes that uh, timely and germane? Well, uh, the. Uh, Folks in the uh, red T-shirts had a, uh, a meeting that basically dealt with suicides in rural areas and the gun problem there. Right, right. right. Okay, I see what you're saying. The Central Susquehanna Valley Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America had a walk on Sunday at Milton State Park, and one of the themes of their conversations lately, and maybe on Sunday, was that uh, the uh, high number of suicides by guns, and that seems more prevalent in rural areas. Okay, so now I yeah. see where you're coming from. But you want to make sure that they are aware that guns don't cause suicide, that, you know, significant guilt of having committed a crime or, um, you know, mental uh, mental health concerns, depression or anxiety, uh, to an extreme cause, suicide, not the gun itself. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Oh, and okay. If you, and if you see oh, some of the anti-gun acts out there, that's exactly what they do. They're okay. Guns are the means and the causal agent. That's wrong. All right. Thank you. We got got two other calls coming. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Do not hop that train. I know that's tempting since you've been a little kid, but don't do (laughs) it. All right. We'll take a quick break. We got two callers waiting, two lines open, nearly open phones, 1 800 795 9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I was looking at our note from Tom, our good friend Tom, who says, was that letter co-authored by Lance and Stan? <laughs> the NRA letter. Yeah. All right, right 1-800-795-9565. Stan's at work, otherwise he'd be on the phone already. So we uh, talking about the uh, goal of confiscation. That is the, the ultimate goal of some Apparently individuals. Apparently it's next week. They're coming to storm my house. Oh, it's imminent. It's right around the corner. Well, just at your place, though, in Chimokin. You didn't Dam. get this letter. Well, no. you're already... And you're not an NRA member, are you? No, and neither are you. No, well, no, but I don't <laughs> own, I don't own guns. You do. <laughs> so that was misspent. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Mike has been patiently waiting. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, man. Good morning. Hey, it's morning. been a nice wait. I'm sitting here in my car on this glorious day just marveling at the world. And while I'm listening to your uh, station, your AM 1070, I, I reminisced about when I was a little kid laying in bed and I would listen to the AM radio, especially at night, so I could get stations from as far as way as uh, Dallas, Texas, or up into uh, Chicago or Green Bay. And uh, it, it, it was just a wonderful time. But I, I sat there a lot of times and I said, why can't I listen to BBC radio? Why can't I get that at my house? What, what's the deal? And then all of a sudden, AM radio goes away and we have FM. And I thought it was the end of uh, uh, AM radio, but look, I'm sitting here uh, talking to you and we're on an AM radio station and my voice can go all over the world. So any of your listeners in England could hear what I'm saying right now. And I, it's just a marvelous thing. Texas is as far as we know we go. Well, no, I believe the queen makes us a daily listening habit. <laughs> that's why she's so stern all the time. She never looks like, she never smiles. That's why she's been listening to us. Well, okay. The, the, point, the point that I called, the reason I called was I was listening uh, to you guys talking about uh, gun control. And it reminded me of the law of unintended consequences. Every time... Somebody in Washington says, you know, we're going to have to control these guns to stop suicide or stop shootings or stop this or that. Gun sales go up. So, the ex you know, immediately the exact opposite. Less, instead of having less guns, because we're talking about it, gun sales go up. So it's a, the law of unintended consequences. And it really comes across just about anything the government does to try to change the situation. And I think when history is written, we're going to look back at the pandemic, the coronavirus 19, and hopefully we'll find out exactly what happened and why it was covered up. But I do believe that so many of the actions that uh, government took here in Washington and even around the world, we're going to find out that the intended consequences from their actions were quite the opposite. And I think the law of unintended consequences is the one thing that, you know, even people like myself, uh, especially the people in Washington, never take into consideration when they're trying to make a change. And I believe that uh, I, recently I've been looking in my paper and I've been seeing deaths, you know, 28, 32, 34, Statewide. 19, statewide. But, I mean, I'm reading about it in my paper. We've had a rash of them. And uh, the, the, the majority of them this year, we're already outpaced last year, and these were due to drug overdoses. They occurred in March, and I'm just wondering, we, we were in a situation where about 94% of the people in this country were employed during the pandemic, yet the government saw fit to send everybody checks. And it just seemed that when those checks came out, not only were there shortages of lottery tickets in many of the convenience stores, <laughs> but we had a rash of overdose 
death deaths. So did that extra money in people's pocket that you know we're probably getting by anyway, did that result in deaths due to drug overdoses? And if it's true, which I believe it is, why isn't our government looking at that? Why don't we have people in Washington saying, hey, we put extra money in people's pockets, and what do we get? Thousands of people dying on drug overdoses. Well, there were others who probably had hand injuries from all those scratch-off tickets. Carpal tunnel. Yo, what is going on with you today? You are really something. I, He's wound up. I have up. to say, I enjoy your humor. Joe's wound up today. There's no argument about that. I, I think you guys better check that coffee pot you're drinking from. <laughs> Somebody put double double espresso in the pods. So. Oh, is that what's going on? Yes, okay. that's that's it. All right, Mike, yeah, excellent question. Well, you know, we know overdoses were up, so we're finding out now. And uh, I think it probably relates to the anxiety, the shutdowns, and the isolation. We talked to a psychologist this morning on Sunrise who said the isolation had a far greater impact on uh, everybody than we, we realized. It was extremely, um, how do you want to say, deleterious for the aging population people. People in the 80s or 90s uh, advanced in age because of the lack of social contact. Well, look at the kids. I think that's even worse. Well, yeah, learning was, uh, uh, you know, kids didn't learn as much under the distant learning. And we know that, of course, suicides were on the increase. And, uh, um, of course, the overdose deaths, uh, probably accidental overdose, but, you know, from participating in drug use were higher. So we're really, and we're drink, oh, we drank more. We drank more liquor. We didn't drink necessarily more beer or wine, but we drank more liquor during the pandemic. I heard How'd that. How'd we get it? Uh, I don't think they neighboring have states. delivery here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> neighboring states. Oh, so okay. I think we're drinking more you, now, too. You know, Mark, I agree with the, you know everything you said, especially the, the statistics, but I have to say that at the front end of this, when we locked everything down like that, there were people you know, smart people on the media saying that, you know, we are going to have exactly what you said happened with the, the depression, the overdose, deaths, the suicides and all that business. That was all predicted. And anybody that talked like that, you know, they were basically shamed and ridiculed and, and uh, in some offense canceled. So uh, that, that's what I'm saying. The law of unintended consequences was recognized by many people. But those people, their voices just were not heard. Okay. All right. We got you, Mike. Thank you so much Thanks, for Mike. calling in. Yeah, it's a, a labyrinth of uh, issues and uh, uh, causes and effects that I think that you can draw together. Uh, Bobby D is uh, next up on WDKOK's On the Mark. Go ahead, sir. Yes. Um, good morning, everyone. When it comes to listen to AM radio, I still listen to AM radio more than FM radio because <laughs> AM radio's Skywave bounces around the world, and it's it's something that's never going to go away. But anyhow, Mark, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, of course, of course, when you and I were in high school, and that, of course, that there was hunter safety courses, you know, involved like to get a. a license here in, in Pennsylvania and that. Uh, of course, my brother-in-law was in the military, and of course, he was a member of the Nori Gun Club, and so he took me up to the club and trained me in the use of the shotgun and the use, you know, sighting the rifles and that. But I mean, I, I had that personal training. Now, I didn't continue hunting in that, but I had to go through the hunter's safety course to get the license, so therefore I was educated that way. Is that still required? 
Uh, you still do need a hunter safety certificate to get a hunting license or a previous hunting license works, or you have to testify that you did have the hunter safety course at one point. I don't know if they required you to have the actual card anymore. I still have the card signed by Mr. Weiser. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of his jobs was to teach uh, hunter safety, and that was in 1975. So uh, I don't know if they teach hunter safety. I know the Game Commission kind of oversees it, and the NRA, you know, we talked about them. I know hunter safety courses is something they monitor and uh, promulgate, so it's one of their products, so they are working on it. But, uh, yeah, you still need a hunter safety course to get a Pennsylvania hunting license. You still do. So if you want to take up hunting, you're going to have to get a refresher, buddy. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Bobby. Yeah, good question. Yeah, we still have hunter safety requirements in Pennsylvania. Are you okay, What's that buddy? got to do with the NRA? Well, <laughs> you could you could argue they don't do that. I mean, they, they don't sponsor them, do they? I believe they hold them, yes. And oh, then right. the outcome would be that you would get a hunter safety card, and that's overseen by and the And can game I show commission. that to the stormtroopers who are coming to my house to confiscate my guns? No, that, that will <laughs> that Will that get me if out? If you don't of have it? any guns, you won't have anything. <laughs> for them. So it doesn't matter. Well, no, I just wondered if I buy a gun and have a hunter safety course, I just wonder if I show them my certificate if they'll let me keep my guns when they come. <laughs> Maybe. May, do not send them to my house. I know what you're thinking. Well, I, I know I, a guy I who turn has a handgun. Right. I'll turn you in in a heartbeat. <laughs> if you find Mark, you'll find his handgun. <laughs> so are you packing today? No. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> no. Tell 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 the stormtroopers from the NRA. Uh, hey, we got an update on that fifth grade student who uh, posed as Hitler for a uh, class project. Oh, for that first person yeah. biography? Oh. Yeah. Well, what's the update? First sentence? Well, tune in after the break okay. and we'll tell you. We'll have to find out. Well, the student can't get in any trouble, I hope, and he's not just following instructions, but the school board, that might be another topic. All right, to be continued, thank you everybody for joining us for one-third of Open Phones Monday. We're nearly open phones and on the mark. This is WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. He's here uh, to enjoy a retirement-shortened week of four days. This is day one of four. So you mean i got three more days to go. Yep. He's oh, a darn. good conservative, natural-born <laughs> listener. He's uh, not active in the Republican Party, but probably a lifelong Republican. And he is here to tell us that I'm typically wrong about most things that we bring up. So that's that is Joe's job. He's also mayor of a fine local community in our region. He's in charge of Pima's volcanic response, so we right. really <laughs> appreciate that uh, coming in. He Can also I move back to tsunamis again? Volcanoes are getting a little active at the moment. Oh, are they? <laughs> in Pennsylvania, we don't really have too many of those. No, so we don't. Be, not even at the bottom of Lake Erie, so that's amazing that that would be true. Okay, well, you can go back to tsunamis since none have ever occurred in Pennsylvania, to the best of our knowledge. That's true. All right, one 800 
855-955-9595 is our telephone number on the mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. We know that they are a family-owned dealership since the 1915s is when they were founded and they got started and they've been super serving customers ever since. So, yep, we observed past and have since moved on uh, their 100th year anniversary. Uh, they are very active on 4th Street in Sunbury where many of the vehicles you're looking for, the Hyundai and the Fords, can be found. They also got the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Well, a wonderful place to visit as well. SunburyMotors.com, a great place to find all your initial data about them. But if you're looking to go down to North 4th Street, uh, look up Kyle down there or Jeff Clock, and they'll fix you up. If you're going over the Kia dealership, talk to Ernie or Austin, and then, of course, you can get your mower fixed across the street at Hummel's, Texaco as well. So it's a great opportunity for getting a lot of work done in just the right spot in our valley in the Sunbury Motor Companies there. Uh, two addresses, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf, and I think it's Runyon Road is the cross street, but I'm not 100% sure about that. But anyway, it's along 11 and 15. You can't miss it. And, of course, you got 4th Street and Sunbury. They have, uh, we're glad to say, consumed a big portion of that area because they are just a growing dealership with a body shop, a part shop, a truck shop, a car shop, a quick lane shop, and tons of vehicles for sale shop. Uh, they got all the shops you need at Sunbury Motor Company. But do as I've done. Start your visit at sunburymotors.com. They would just love to hear from you at Sunbury Motors. That's our sponsor. Uh, our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. we got nearly open phones. Joe's going to give us an update on a fifth grader who, through a class assignment, uh, did a first-person portrayal of Adolf Hitler along with the biography that was printed out, and that irritated a lot of people because uh, you were asked in the assignment to list the positives and negatives of your character that you were portraying. So uh, the individual did. Said so he united Germany and Austria, as I recall. And uh, if you want to go into this, th you're stealing my thunder. That's well, I, I don't know what the update is. You <laughs> refuse to tell me, so that's fine. So, but uh, we'll, we have an update on that. We, we do. talked about that last week. We do. We do. We do. All right. Toll free line open. Call us one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can email us at on the market at the You can text us at seven zero two three six and include the keyword OTM in there so that we're certain to get that email. We do have some news headlines. First, May's job report. Not bad, not good, just in the middle, says Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce President and CEO Bob Garrett. Says we do need to get more people back into the workforce, including ending the unemployment compensation incentives. He also says there's another big impediment. We don't have nearly enough early learning daycare opportunities in this valley for all of the folks who want to get back to work. And that gets you into the discussion about why has this pandemic particularly affected uh, women. You can hear more of his remarks about the joblessness on the WKOK podcast page. Financial Friday was Friday morning on WKOK's On the Mark. Pennsylvania Capitol Star is reporting that former President Donald Trump issued a statement Friday backing a legislative audit of the 2020 election in Pennsylvania. President Trump celebrated the three Pennsylvania lawmakers who visited a similar audit in Arizona this week, including State Senator Doug Mastriano of Franklin County, who's now a gubernatorial candidate. It, and he name-checked two senior Republican Senate leaders to approve their own audit in Pennsylvania. The president said, quote, Senate 
President Jake Corman needs to fulfill his promise to his constituents to conduct a full forensic audit. Senator David Argall, chairman of the state government committee, has to authorize the subpoenas if necessary, unquote. Trump said in the emailed statement, he said, quote, the people of Pennsylvania and America deserve to know the truth. If the Pennsylvania Senate leadership doesn't act, there's no way they will ever get reelected. Unquote. Sounds like a threat to me. All right, we got one call coming in, but we'll take more comers on this topic and others. 1-800-795-9565 have some more headlines. We talk about the Amish community and COVID-19 last week. Associated Press reported over the weekend that in plain community newspapers, the obituaries for Amish and Old Order Mennonites rose during the pandemic just as it did in other communities. That's how Stephen Nolt identified COVID COVID 19's impact on the plain communities across Pennsylvania because beyond that, there are no reliable methods for measuring how many people in those communities contracted the virus or received the vaccination. Quote, we don't have data because Amish folks were, generally speaking, not interested in being tested for a number of reasons, said Nolt, interim director of Elizabethtown College's Young Center for Anabaptist and Pietist Studies. Quote, in some cases, there would be things like, I knew I was sick. I I didn't have to go and tell someone I was sick or another concern of, well, if it turns out I'm sick, I'm going to be told to do this and that, and I don't want to do that, unquote. Donald Craybill, senior fellow at the Young Center, said the vaccination decisions among the Plain community are as diverse as the 550 Amish congregations in Pennsylvania. We talked about that, and we knew from uh, local evidence from our local hospitals that the Amish and Plain communities were part of, uh, you know, a proportional representation of the individuals, but uh, one of our good callers last Thursday said the Amish did not enjoy the pandemic. So uh, that doesn't that kind of goes against what was being said. Finally, some good news for our caller on this uh, program, Stan, who's waiting. After three decades, California's ban on assault weapons has been overturned. A U.S. District Judge ruled Friday that the ban violates the Second Amendment and the constitutional right to bear arms. The Golden State may be seeing even more relaxed gun laws. Another case is coming up before the court involving lowering the age to buy guns to 18. The plaintiffs say the under 21 purchase ban is age discrimination. Does Wayne know about this? No, doesn't he doesn't. Doesn't sound like these stormtroopers are coming to the California well, not homes to, California. to take their guns away. No, but you know it's funny because I know I hunt with. They have this mentoring program you can hunt with. I know some seven, eight, nine-year-olds who are just totally safe, devoted, accurate, calm, fantastic hunters and gun handlers. And of course, I know some thirty-eight-year-olds who uh, need some lessons. So I don't think age has anything to do with gun ownership or usage. We do have our first caller of this hour lined up. Mr. Stan, thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. I, I missed the first part of your show, so the letter you're talking about, I didn't hear what it is. But the California overturned their assault weapons ban now, that's a good thing. And the judge that wrote the opinion laid it out in plain English so that everybody can understand. But it's he, he immediately put a stay on it for 30 days so that the California government can appeal to I'm assuming it goes to the see that was a district court so it'll go to the Ninth Circuit I'm assuming so then who knows what will happen there good for you (laughs) you know your federal courts 
I'm impressed. Well, night, night, nights. You know, it's a night circus court out there in ah, California. They've been okay. trouble for years. So the noted court, as they would say. Yeah. So I mean that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what actually happens there. You know, of course, the the left, you know, the lefties and the antis are all up in arms about it. But right now, as it stands, it is what it is, and it stays the stays the way it's been for the past thirty whatever years since they, you know, erroneously and unconstitutionally put the law into effect. Okay, and illegally. So, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yep, and illegally, apparently. Well, I, I, yeah, I unconstitutionally. Agree. So I know that. You know, these so-called black rifles or whatever you call them, semi-automatics, have are much different than just a normal hunting rifle or something like that. But I just don't see how you can carve out a certain type of rifle based on its design and say, ah, you know, this one is illegal. But we'll see. I'm not an assault weapons yeah. ban guy. Sorry you missed the start of the show. I'd have been interested in your opinion in the letter I got from Wayne LaPierre. That well, was recap headlined, it briefly. Notice of gun confiscation. That's on the envelope. And then it's a solicitation to join in membership. But it says, I'm talking about armed government agents storming your house, taking your guns, and hauling you off to prison. This is what he's predicting is immediately in our future. I knew Stan would laugh when he heard that. But if I join, they're going to give me a free gift, the NRA's Desert Storm Tactical Backpack. It's a nice one. It's got the mole links all the way around it and padded straps. It looks like it probably holds about five quarts. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, you know, right now that won't happen. But if the Democrats would get their way, and that's what that's that's what he's pushing for. He's pushing for membership so he can help fight. You know, they can help fight against the you know the, the oncoming uh, onslaught of uh, you know anti-gun laws that they're pushing for. Because there is only one final result of their universal uh, background checks, and it and it comes down to a, a registration. And and after registration, when they determine that hey, all this stuff that we've been doing doesn't do anything that we want it to do, although it never will because the criminals are still going to be criminals, they will have a registry of law-abiding citizens that purchase firearms legally, and then, you know, legally, which they, you know, constantly want to change the rules of what's legal, that's a whole other story, so then they will have a registry, and they'll determine. De- well, you know, since all this other stuff hasn't happened, then we can go around and we'll take the guns from the people that we have their registry. Because they do it in California now, because they have a registry, and they've been known to do that for certain firearms. So that's what it leads to. It may not happen tomorrow or next week, but down the, down the road, they're going to try and try and continue to take the freedoms of Americans. Well, Wayne says if I don't give him 30 <laughs> bucks right now, it's next week. 30, that's a bargain. I thought it was 35 for a year. Oh, no, it's 30, and <laughs> well, I get the have backpack. A, they have an introductory <laughs> level for a man who has no guns. So. <laughs> take, the, take the life membership. It's cheaper in the long run. <laughs> Maybe not at my age, Stan, but thanks for oh, the offer. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, Joe stopped, I wasn't being age discriminatory. <laughs> Joe stopped paying for life to, extra for lifetime you know, warranties a long time ago. Yeah, that's so. right. I'll, I'm, I'm just willing to cover next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, thanks. So much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, yep, that, is a, that is a common argument that, uh, you know, this is the, the f- any uh, 
you know, onerous change, onerous change in gun laws is the first step, which ultimately confiscation of all guns is the top of the. Do you remember the heat. Vietnam War, the, the domino theory that if we didn't stop the, the didn't stop the, oh, the communists, communists, it would be one country after another falling like dominoes. I know it now. I don't remember it. From didn't then. happen. Okay. You know, and the same thing's true here. You can't predict what will happen with legislation. The courts seem willing to interpret the Constitution as it was written in many instances. It's hard to, when, when it's as specific as the Second Amendment is, and the First Amendment for that matter, it's hard to come up with some way to abridge it unless you modify it, as President Biden suggested, that no amendment to the Constitution is ever irreversible. And he's right. Mm-hmm. We have reversed them. The 18th was uh, was rewritten by the was taken off the books by the 21st. Well, we've had some big decisions related to Second Amendment. Um, remember, Washington, D.C. had a, a ban on all guns at all whatsoever within the District of Columbia. Clearly unconstitutional. Right, obviously. But I was surprised. It took a long time and a lot of fights to get that overturned. I believe New York City is the latest state on the hot seat because they have a ban on uh, guns in the city. And so, therefore, I think that is the Supreme Court is going to take up something related to guns in this, or have us already decided to take up something related to guns. I believe that's it. We'll have to check that. But uh, it's constantly undergoing examination. All right, we got our next caller lined up. We have to take a quickie break. When we come back, we are going to uh, talk to our good caller about the pandemic and some of the numbers. And we got a, a natural born pandemic skeptic and waiting. I'm also, going to tell you about this Hitler fifth deal. Fifth grader. <laughs> the fifth grader goes no matter what. Coming up on WKOK, call us now, 1-800-795-9565. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Al's been patiently waiting. Good morning, sir. You are on the mark. Thank you, Dave McClaw. I I called when the pandemic first started and we locked everything down and I thought maybe the cure was going to be worse than the disease. And in a lot of ways it was because the lockdown of all of us was an overkill. And if you wanted to do a lockdown, you should protect the vulnerable and the seniors, you know, that'd be the seniors over 65 and anybody with comorbidities. And then there was a lot, you know, a lot of uh, businesses shut down, a lot of people lost their jobs. And that's what started, uh, you know, the depression and the mental illnesses and the drug abuse and the alcohol abuse so 
there was a lot of mistakes made. Right, and that's uh, pretty much uh, a done discussion now that we've got it all behind us. But it should be interesting now that we have an opportunity to uh, examine that. You know, I do recall you talking about that, and there were some other people saying the same thing. You know, why isolate the well and and allow the free to circulate, or or, or allow the, the isolate the well and allow the sick to circulate freely. Um, how, how that could help, other than to protect the ill from, you know, the zombies that were out there with the disease. But in any event, uh, it should well, be interesting. You, you know, you quarantine yourself. That's what the normal was. Is if you did come down with uh, the the disease, you just uh, have enough common sense to quarantine yourself and and stay away from people like they, you know, they had part of it right. They had some of it right. But, but you don't know then, you have it. I mean, how are you going to compensate for that? You don't know you people, have it. And some people will ignore the fact that they have it and still try to go on with their lives. Right, and go to work And anyway. affect other people. You always have, you always have that, but most, most people that, you know, care about other people would go ahead and isolate themselves until they were better. They didn't want to infect anybody else. And that's the way it should have been handled and... and we just did a lot of overkill that really hurt the economy, really put a lot of people out of work. And, it, you know, in the beginning, I thought biology would work, you know, uh, like it has for thousands of years. Enough people get it that didn't ha- die from it would be immune, and, and pretty soon you achieve herd immunity. Okay. All right, what else? Uh I looked up Hitler on the Man of the Year in 1938. But time, <laughs> Time's time Man was, of the Year, yeah. So they were also putting, you make Man of the Year if you were good or bad. It all depended on how much attention you got and what was going on, how big an impact you made. Well, yeah, that's so the he, way it is now. Yeah, yeah, so that's why he was on the cover. A lot of people, you know. But there were camps of uh, Hitler camps here in the United States. Where, you know, the, in the beginning he had uh, popularity that way. That was and the Bund, the German American Bund, led yeah. by Fritz, what was Fritz's last name? Kuhn, Fritz Kuhn, led the German American Bund. He eventually was uh, arrested for stealing money from it, just as some of the other nonprofits have been victimized by yeah, their like, leaders. Like, like what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, way yeah. off the air. <laughs> 10 a.m. They're down at the Capitol. They have a, a right to be, own and bear arms. Oh yeah, the gun rallies today. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. Thank you so much, Al. Thanks for calling in. Oh, Very much appreciated. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Joe pulls up all of his Bund memory <laughs> from memory. That's the best part about this. I checked <laughs> to see if he's looking at his phone. or <laughs> This is all. You remember all of this. Well, F- Fritz Kuhn always fascinated me. That rally in uh, Madison Square Garden in 1939 okay. where a Jewish person tried to come up on the stage and get him, and they, they savagely beat him, and the police. Oh, how long have you known about Tulsa? The massacre in Tulsa. Well, for a long time. Lo- you've known for a long time. Right. I mean, it's not something they teach in school, which is sad. Right. They should teach it. But that was known as the Black Wall Street, and they were extremely well-organized and well-funded, and they had a great thing going there until the white folks got jealous. Okay. I, I only learned it recently, I'm sad to say. So 
um, I mean, within the well, past Tulsa year. Tulsa obviously isn't interested in promoting it. It doesn't play well for the Chamber <laughs> of Commerce. Yeah, right. But it was, uh, it, my lovely bride and I watched a TV series called The Watchmen, and it was in there. And so I looked it up, and now they did a lot of fictional things after that, but the, the Tulsa massacre was by the book. Right. That so that was crazy. A All sad right. and horrible chapter in American history. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Phil, thank you for waiting. You are on the mark. Yeah, uh, just talking about gun control. Uh, my suggestion for uh, any of this removing automatic weapons from citizens or anything else, why don't the lawmakers step forward and remove all of their guns first? No more Capitol Police, no more private security men. Like I said, if they want to be armed, be armed to the letter of their law. If they want to take away the guns from the people, they should turn in the guns themselves. Well, they would. I don't know. That would be a good place to start, wouldn't it? Plus, they should pass a law requiring everybody to carry a gun. I think that would help. If everybody knew everybody was carrying all of the time, I think we'd behave a little better. I have no argument there, like I said. But uh, to me, it's just that they keep trying to single out semi-automatic weapons. And I say that if it can be used to defend Congress or the White House, it can be used to defend your house. That's how I feel. That's a good point. Well, military uses automatic weapons, so they're not they're not precisely the same thing. But the point that doesn't doesn't change your point well, at the all. Problem whatsoever. Is, the problem has never been the guns. The problem is the people behind the gun. Right. I, but, I agree. Right, but you wouldn't give a two-year-old a sh- super sharp double-bladed knife. So, you know, can you regulate knives if you're a parent? Can you regulate knives in the household? And the absolute answer is yes. So I think we're trying to accomplish essentially the same thing. We're tr- trying to make, if guns are less prevalent, then maybe we can make them less available to individuals. But uh, one of the things that the uh, moms group is fighting for is to is just hyper, hyper, hyper gun safety, you know, gun locks, education, information. If you send your kid over to somebody else's house, make sure you know, you know, are their guns locked up? You know, it wasn't that long ago you really didn't have to lock up guns in a house. You know, there was a shotgun in the corner in every kitchen in the country because you needed it. So. I don't know where you hang out, but there was no shotgun well, in the kitchen. I, my, well, out in the kitchen. country there was, sure, <laughs> because you used it for hunting and, you know, to chase the bear off or something like that, so you kept it handy. But anyway. All right, Phil, we'll let you wrap up, please. I'm on some kind of diatribe, but you go ahead. Well, it's just, like I said, I just come back to the same point, you know, that I don't think that people that make the laws should be telling the people that have to live by them. You know, you can't make somebody do something you're not willing to do yourself. They keep talking about people that are marginalized, that they can't get good jobs, but I don't see the politicians stepping aside and giving their jobs to the less fortunate. Mm. And it's the same thing with the guns. They tell you that you can't have one, but it's okay for them to hire private security and, you know, they can protect themselves however they see fit. But God forbid you should. You know, I just, that's just how I feel. And actually, they've expanded that. The House members now are allowed to use part of their office expenses to provide extra security when they go back to their districts. So it's even worse. Yeah, so it's yeah not exactly. Just it doesn't exactly seem fair to the public, does it? No, it doesn't. 
not when they're trying right, to take away other people's day. guns. Thank you very Thanks. much for calling. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Joe, what do you know about a fifth grader? Right. Uh, this is the story. One day after saying a fifth grade student's project where he wrote a first-person essay about Adolf Hitler was taken out of context by people who criticized it, the superintendent of the Tenafly Public School District announced that the teacher who assigned it was placed on administrative leave along with the principal of the elementary school. As many know, I am conducting an investigation to understand how a fifth-grade assignment that violates the district's curriculum was allowed to happen and remain displayed even after some in the school community expressed concerns about its appropriateness. That's from the Tenafly Public School Superintendent Shauna DeMarco. She said that Thursday in a letter to school staff and the community. This has had a devastating impact on the student involved and their family who have been thrown into turmoil through no fault of their own. It has also been incredibly painful for our Jewish community members in the face mm. of increasing instances of anti-Semitism around the country. DeMarco said the teacher and principal of Mogram Elementary School were placed on leave pending the investigation's ultimate findings and that they will remain on leave until the school board takes action at a future date. She has also recommended the immediate appointment of an acting principal and replacement teacher. Um, you know, as we said earlier, a picture of the essay, which was written by the student hanging in the hallway of the school, was posted by an Englewood resident on her Facebook page. The woman said the student also dressed as Hitler while delivering the character development project to the class. In the short essay, which detailed Hitler's rise to power, the student wrote, My greatest accomplishment was uniting a great mass of German and Austrian people behind me. I was pretty great, wasn't I? The essay read, I was very popular and many people followed me until I died. My belief in anti-Semitism drove me to kill more than six million Jews. One day prior, the superintendent defended the teacher in the project, but did add that the investigation was ongoing. She originally said that people misunderstood it. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy to understand. The teacher, maybe the teacher was wrong to do this, but it was pick somebody from history who either represented inherent great good or great evil, and then write a first-person narrative about that person. Mm -hmm. Kid did what he was assigned to do, and if he's being penalized by the community, shame on the community. Yeah, the community shouldn't uh, penalize the kid. But what did the teacher do wrong? Didn't anticipate Nothing. the backlash. Well, well that's says, the crime. You didn't anticipate the backlash. Here it is. Uh, the Our initial review indicates the curriculum and learning standards were not appropriately implemented, wow. and an attempt to individualize the project resulted in the student receiving misguided instruction from the teacher. The posting of the resulting project was offensive and inappropriate and directly violated the school board's policies. You would think she would have noticed, the superintendent would have noticed that the first day, not several days <laughs> later, after she had a chance to assess the community impact. After there was some backlash from the school board so saying... So let's fire, I mean, I'm not going to assume responsibility, let's fire the teacher or put the teacher and the school principal on suspension. It seemed to me like a reasonable thing to do. You know, I, I studied to be a history teacher. I don't see anything wrong with that assignment. I don't. You oh, know, maybe. and I think it's a great way. If we can't accept the fact, you know, what did the kid do except point out some obvious truths? Hitler's anti-Semitism led to the death of six million Jews. Is that a statement that anyone well, in their right mind the would dispute? Well, the district says they violated some policy. Now, it's, it's sort of vague as to how they did it or what they did it, but there's some policy or standard to which they were to adhere. They didn't. So I don't know what that is. They're not what, saying... don't do anything that's going to offend the community? Well... Is that what it is? <laughs> I'm sure that's not how it's worded, but I, there is there 
not an element of a curriculum or rules for teachers that say you must stay in lockstep with community standards and accepted uh, All right, but what's, acceptable lessons. What's unacceptable about taking someone who represents either great good or great evil and doing an essay uh, from their perspective? No, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but I can see if what the district says is true, that they, or if the school board, what they say is true, that they, the superintendent and the teacher violated some policy, well, then maybe they have cause for this. We don't know what the specific of the violation is. We don't have the code in front of us, nor do we know precisely what the teacher did. Well, I'm the, not the, defending the, the superintendent didn't explain that either. Right. You know, and it's not the school board. Apparently, it's the superintendent. But, you know, she says policies are only useful if they are enforced, and the ongoing investigation will seek to understand why they were not enforced with this assignment and what steps are necessary to ensure that something like this does not happen again. <laughs> Our investigation will also examine where mistakes were made and why the principal and the school did not act on the concerns that were raised as well as how to strengthen those internal processes. Now, since the superintendent of schools defended it initially, mm -hmm. should she not also be suspended? pending the investigation. Right. Yeah, everybody who's culpable. Right. If you defend the principal or the teacher, then you're part of the problem because if the teacher violated some rule... Does the, does the principal have to pass on every assignment every teacher gives out to the class? Well, I, I would guess that the, at some point the principal knew what was happening and maybe didn't stop it. So you didn't put the brakes on something that was a violation. May have known the day of the assignment. No, the, in general, the principal doesn't know about Did every assignment. Did anybody say to the kid... All right, we want you to pick somebody from the from good or evil and do a first-person essay on them, but don't pick Adolf Hitler. <laughs> well, I guess that's <laughs> what they're going to have to say in the future, or whatever this you know vacuous policy is, or this vague policy—not vacuous, but vague policy—is well, vacuous fits too. Well, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> whatever that is, you can't violate it. If if there is a policy that requires you not to ever say anything positive against anyone who is pure evil. Well, what, how would you write teacher, that policy? What would that policy sound like in Marktopia School District? Just, Marktopia <laughs> has a rule that you cannot say anything positive about anybody who is pure evil. But the whole assignment was based on picking somebody who represented right. either great but, good or great evil. But there's a school policy against saying anything positive so, against right, anyone who's it's evil. It's a largely Jewish community. Suppose mm -hmm. the kid had taken Mother Teresa and praised, extolled the virtues of the Catholic Church in doing right. that. You know, would community outrage from the Jewish community, would that spark suspension of the teacher? You know, I'm just saying that you, no matter how you look at it, if we aren't willing to confront history honestly and fairly, we're never going to get anywhere. Well, you're not supposed to say anything positive about pure evil. That's the same thing that's leading college kids to protest when somebody comes to campus with a message okay. they don't like. So you know? I'm doing a Hitler presentation. I made off Hitler. I was a miserable human being. I was terrible. I was horrible. I, was I killed evil. a lot of people. I was evil personified. Would that be acceptable? That's okay. That's yeah, okay. Because that doesn't portray him in a positive light. So in other words, if I am Hitler and I now have redeemed myself, and I'm attempting redemption, let's say, mm -hmm. by having this uh, frankness about the terrible things I did, that would be okay. But just to take pride in what I had achieved, that would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1-800-795-9565. I'm so glad we have to take a break. So we will do that. Uh, we'll get some more reaction. We did have some calls about this last week. This is that Tenafly, New Jersey, fifth grade class where one of the students, uh, following an assignment to the letter, uh, picked out an individual from history and uh, portrayed them, not in a favorable light, but in an honest light in terms of what uh, Adolf Hitler did and said and why he did some of the things he did. And to that end, uh, initially, it created some backlash in the community, but that was relatively quaint. But now the super, uh, the superintendent quaint. has <laughs> sus- suspended. Well, I mean, it didn't involve big protests or global issues. Nobody lost their job because of it. But now yeah. the teacher and the superintendent both suspended with pay during no, no. an investigation. The teacher and the principal. The superintendent's the one who's issuing oh, did I say? Stuff. Yeah, the superintendent's. No, he's he's he or she's the one that's she. doing all this. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. We have nearly open phones. We would just love to hear from you. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, Texts in the lower right-hand corner. There's two of them, Joe. All right. Uh, the semi-auto firearm is an old design. It's been around for over 100 years. The AR-15 is only a modern des- is a, only a modern design. As you know, the Bill of Rights are Separate there. Separate email. New I'm email. Um, all right. I thought it was the same thing. Gosh, I can't tell with this new program. As you know, the Bill of Rights there are there to tell the government what they can't do to the citizens, affirming what the citizens can do, the rights of the people. Shall not be infringed. infringed. Right, okay. Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. First, I want to say I agree with Joe. I I have no problem with this assignment that they gave this kid. I'm kind of surprised at all the brouhaha that's come of it, especially when you often hear, we should not forget. And this young man's essay has certainly spurred a discussion that helps people to recall the Holocaust. Right. He didn't, he didn't extol any virtues of the Holocaust. He just merely stated a fact. Right. But I'm, I'm saying, you know, he, he has furthered conversation. His, he has triggered a conversation. Once again this year, it's been discussed. So, you know, in that way, I think it's, it has a positive impact in that it's done that. So now what is my positive comment for the day? Well, over the, <laughs> I guess last week or over the weekend, Prince Harry and Meghan had a baby girl. And that's just wonderful. And they had her here in the United States of America. And so what's amazing about that is she's, of course, despite the fact that they're not citizens, she's immediately awarded citizenship. And because Queen Elizabeth, I don't know, maybe uh, 10 years ago or less, ruled that females can inherit the monarchy just like males, that was a change from historic precedent. This young lady is in line for the throne. (laughs) She is eighth in line for the throne. Imagine that, an American, an American, a fellow citizen of the United States could sit on the throne of England. Even though she's a U.S. citizen? Yes, because you're you're being a a child of the monarchy is different than your being, your citizenship. Except Andrew I, Andrew might do her in. He got knocked down to ninth. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's I just think it's uh, a fascinating premise, don't you, that a person, and this makes you think about in our Constitution where it says that you must be a citizen of this country to become the president. Of the I'm not States. so certain that there is a law uh, that has to do with uh, American citizens accepting titles and um, uh, 
that's true. Other emoluments true. from foreign countries. Emolu- so she yeah. may she may have to give up her United States citizenship should she ever uh, be in the position where queen. she would be the queen. <laughs> oh darn! <Wouldn't>, I just <laughs> think. <laughs> well, a lot of people are going to have to die for her to get in office too. That's the well, other that's part. Hard. Or step. You know, we have had them step aside. Remember? Oh, uh, that's no, true. Well, maybe you don't remember this, but uh, one of the men who were was king chose not to be king. Well, I didn't remember, but I watched The Crown. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's how Elizabeth became queen. It's all very interesting. So anyway, I just think it's an interesting concept. We divorced ourselves through war from England, and quite ironically now, an American could um, technically end up on the throne of England. It's kind of a funny... Could anybody budge in front of her in line? She's eighth now, but if more babies are born to closer no. ties, she'll always be eighth, and everybody else born now afterward will be no, afterward. Well, unless if William and his wife have more, more children, children that they are in line, down. right? Because okay. he's higher and they're higher. Or okay. if by some incredible miracle <laughs> action, Charles has more children. Charles and Camilla, yeah, right. We well, just never that know. That child would uh, would be higher. Move higher up the list. Yep. Okay. But I just think it's fun. It's just fun to look at. It's a happy thing to talk about. Well, and anyway, I, I, I go back to that child. I have no problem that that child wrote that essay because he spurred this conversation about uh, the Holocaust. I was shocked. It, we, we often talk about these six million people that uh, the Nazis killed, and that's totally horrible, that were the people who died the Jews who were rounded up and killed. But there were another million people of other classes of people that they also rounded up and slaughtered, like the gypsies, yeah. etc., people with mental defects. And that war killed something on the order of 20 million people. So they own, the people who did this own an enormous amount of death, not, you know, far beyond 6 million. I mean, it's just a horrific thing that indeed we should never forget. And who were the evil perpetrators? Mussolini, Hitler, who else? What are you talking about? The, who are the most Mengele? evil? Do you want me to recite No, the I mean the leaders of the various countries and the leaders of the armies who... I don't remember the name of the leader of Japan. I'm challenged. To uh, Tojo. Well, the emperor was the, the leader, but the war, the war minister who was hung was Tojo. Well, and he, Hideki his, Tojo. Right. The Japanese conducted their own atrocities on the Pacific, in the Pacific theater, which weren't a part of the atrocities that went on in Europe. All right. Not to mention the United States, you know, the Allies bombed the daylights out of destroyed cities in several countries, you know, Dresden being a good example, yep. bombed it to dust. All right. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks for calling in. 1-800-795-9565. Jim, stand by. Sorry about this. I got to hit this button. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. Please get Jim before he's... On the mark. Yeah, sorry, Jim, but you're on the mark now. Go right ahead. All right, great. Um, I was actually just traveling out Route 80. I pulled over so I could talk. Um, I uh, just picked up on the uh, conversation about the the, the report, the Hitler controversy. Um, I'd just like to start out by saying that the last caller you had, Cindy, very knowledgeable young lady, um, was actually Emperor Hirohito in charge of Japan during the war. (laughs) Well, we're talking about the atrocities. Um, but um, I, I think it's absolutely insane that uh, the uh, people are upset about the young man that did the report because it, it took the opportunity to open up the conversation uh, regarding um, uh, the, the atrocities that Hitler committed. And uh, to hear it from a young person these days, especially in the, you know, doing a report like that, it's it's almost refreshing that there's still people that are students of history. Um, uh, it's just, uh, the, the, there was a, a mini-series. When I was in high school, we actually, uh, I graduated in the 80s, and uh, World War II was uh, a, uh, a subject that they intensely taught us so we don't forget what happened in the past. There was actually a mini-series in the 80s called Holocaust, and uh, I think we actually had to watch that in school. And I think if kids nowadays would have to watch that miniseries, uh, that would the p- people forget. It, 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 we're, we're, we're doomed to repeat history if we forget it. And uh, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful that this young man took the time to do that report um, just to help open up people's eyes to this conversation. You can see it on Facebook, not Facebook, but YouTube, but the uh, the Nuremberg War Trials, when they opened, I think on day three or something like that, they showed a video of the concentration camps being liberated and what they found. Anyone who watches that video and denies the Holocaust really needs to get a mental checkup, you know, because it, it just is heartbreaking to see that what happened. And and I agree with you. I think anything that reminds us, and I agree with Cindy, anything that reminds us of the Holocaust and how horrible it was and how evil the Nazi regime was, that's not a bad thing. At least not in my view. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, I had uh, two great uncles that served in World War II. One of them, uh, my uh, great uncle Joe, fought at the Battle of the Bulge with the 506 Parachute uh, Infantry Regiment, and his unit actually uh, was involved in liberating uh, one of the concentration camps. Um, uh, it's uh, like I said. It's uh, it's just I. I, I this subject has to be addressed. People, as soon as people hear the name Hitler, ninety—I'd say ninety percent of young people right now—all they know is Hitler, evil, murder. They know nothing about the whole entire situation that was going on at that time in the world. Uh, we were in the the battle of our lives uh, to preserve our freedoms, 
And that's a subject that really has to be discussed, in my opinion. Um, you had another caller that was discussing Fritz Kuhn. Um, I actually live down around the Allentown area, and there's a small town uh, on Interstate 78, the town of Kempton, Pennsylvania. I I'm sorry, Crumsville, Pennsylvania. Um, Fritz Kuhn was actually taken into custody uh, in the town of Kempton. Uh, the, the, a Dewey, the who was the uh, oh in charge of law enforcement in, in New York, at the prosecutor. Time, actually had his FBI agent. Yeah, oh, I'm was, sorry, go ahead. He was a prosecutor, uh, district. Uh, yeah. What do you call that? U.S. magistrate, not magistrate, a dist district U.S. attorney or U.S. attorney. Thank you. You, you. you are correct, and he had his agents tailing Fritz Kuhn and uh, two of his uh, other uh, fellow Boont members, and uh, they were on their way uh, to towards Harrisburg for a rally. And they pulled over in the small town of Crumbsville, right off of Interstate 78 between Allentown and Harrisburg, to grab something to eat, and that's where they were apprehended. Huh. Hmm. I'm the one that brought up Fritz Kuhn, but I wasn't aware of that story. That's an interesting story. Crumbsville, an appropriate place for Fritz Kuhn to wind up. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> thank but, you uh, so much. I just wanted to thank you very much for bringing the subject up. Yep, thank you well, so thank much, you. Jim. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening to WKOK. Have a safe trip. <laughs> on your way through central Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, the update today, in case you didn't catch it, is uh, both the teacher who taught the lesson and the principal have been suspended by the superintendent with pay for some violation of a school policy. Now, we know that the only negative outcome of this lesson was that there was a lot of backlash in the community, but apparently some policy was violated and the principal either knew about it or you know failed to stop it from being violated and so and now that individual's in trouble also yes the principal did a horrible thing didn't realize oh, that someone gosh. may have decided to do a report on adolf hitler exactly according to instructions uh joe lower right hand corner is All the right. uh, two and, you know, another one that would have been bad is if they had done judas iscariot <laughs> You know, how would, would that, that, oh my gosh, they're discussing religion. Let's get that out of here, too. What do you think would have been worse, discussing Hitler or Judas? Just out of curiosity. I'd say Hitler. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, isn't history something that is used to learn from so the bad history is not repeated? If people are unwilling to learn the truth of Hitler, how are they going to avoid repeating it? Right. We, we are only, we're limited to 140 characters. Yeah, so and this one doesn't. The other ones that. send it through a, a secondarily, but this one doesn't. Uh, you are correct. An armed society is a polite society. Criminals are generally cowards. And if they know their victims may be carrying, they will usually go away. Go away, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm making that up. But they'll <laughs> usually stand out. All right. Thank you, everybody. We have launched into a new week. We thank our fabulous producer, Rob Center, for putting everybody on the air today. So thank you. And thank Joe. He'll be back tomorrow. He's got three more days in his retirement shortened week. So we appreciate that. Him coming in. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is 10 o'clock.